This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I am Dale Lally. He is Matt Williamson. And it's time for the Fantasy Football Focus here on The Drive. And uh, Matt, um, well, the lead on a lot of the uh, uh, fantasy football news right now deals, deals with the Steelers. Hmm. Uh, of course, Pat Farmuth and Kenny Pickett. That makes sense, yeah. Um, looking here at some of the other stuff, it is Wednesday. Take a look at some practice report stuff. Uh, Derek Carr limited at practice on Wednesday. He was limited in Sunday's game as well with that shoulder. That injury. was a remarkably frustrating turn of events. Yeah. And, like if I were a Saints fan or fantasy so, like, all you need to know about – why do I say that? The All you need to know is Alvin Kamara comes back last week from suspension, right? They target him 14 times. He catches 13 of them. You know, they're not real deep targets. That's where I'm going with this. He ends up with, like, 33 yards on 13 catches. Not only is that the fewest yards ever by a player in the history of the league to catch 13 balls, it's the fewest in the league – or the fewest in league history for someone to catch 10, 11, or more <laughs> balls. You know, at least 10. And meanwhile, Chris Olave has like two targets, ends up with four yards or One something. One pass for four yards. Yeah. I mean, so. That was the that was the Saints passing game last week. That was hurt shoulder guy. Yeah. You, you know, like if you can't throw, don't be out there. Why do you have Jameis Winston on the roster? Exactly. And I think he got in the game, too. So if Carr's shoulder's that bad and it kept going back and forth going, to the pre, you know, going into the game, is he going to play? Is he not? It's going to be Winston. It's going to be Carr. And all you're going to do is dump it down to Kamara. Sit your butt down. Then don't be out there. Yeah, sit right. your butt down. It's not a Burrow situation. Uh, well, it kind of is. Jawan Johnson with a calf for the Saints, non-participant on Wednesday. He has not been fantasy relevant this year. No. Their offense should be better. on pa- than it, I mean, it's good on paper, but it's not playing great. Javante uh, uh, Williams with the hip injury did not practice on Wednesday. I don't think he's going to play. Yeah. I think that might be multiple weeks. Yeah, yeah. That, that McLaughlin character needs to be picked up. Jaleel McLaughlin, yeah. pop, popular waiver wire pickup this week. Yeah, it adds up. I mean, he's, he looks good when he's been out there. They've been high on him. And P. Ryan's been underwhelming. Ramondre Stevenson with a thigh injury. Oh, really? Listed as limited Wednesday. They have a defensive slugfest. I they play the Saints. The Saints, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. We can see a whole bunch of balls going five yards. Now, if he doesn't play, <laughs> I mean, are you starting Zeke? I mean, it's a volume-based play. It's a volume. I mean, they probably aren't going to score a lot of points. I mean, that game and the Steeler game are the, the lowest over-unders I mean, you're, of you're, the week. You're basically hoping for a touchdown because mm-hmm. Zeke's going to have 20 for 66 and He's not a touchdown. Anything, yeah. but, right. Maybe catch a ball or two. Their offense is kind of broke, too. But um, Steven, I, I keep thinking that Stevenson is the way to get their offense back on track, and they're not using them as much as you'd think. Uh, Debo Samuel. Knee and ribs was limited at practice on Wednesday. He had the same thing last week and ended up playing, much to the chagrin of of Kittle owners. But looking at that Monday, he was just a decoy the whole time. Yeah, they didn't want him touching the ball. They still didn't throw the ball to Kittle, and they still didn't throw the ball to Kittle. So, you know, there's one deep league where I started Debo. I'm like, well, he's out there. I don't have much else. He was just running, running around versus air, basically. Yeah. Uh, Elijah Mitchell with a knee, not participating on Wednesday. They got the Cowboys this week. Huh? They play the Cowboys. You know? It's going to be full go for McCaffrey. You would think. I would think. Yeah, I mean, uh, and twenty plus touches for McCaffrey in that game. I mean, do you think you start Debo though? 
So those two teams played last year in the playoffs. Are they Sunday night too. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were a night game. That was like a set. It was a nineteen to twelve game. Okay. Yeah, and two maybe the two of the best three or four defenses in the league right yeah, now. Yeah, I don't expect it to be much different than that. So you, I mean, not McCaffrey doesn't matter, but I mean, are you siding against starting your Cowboys and Niners? I am gonna. I'm gonna start my Niners. I'm gonna start. Like here's the. Ayuk's been great. Ayuk's been fantastic. Yeah. And the one way, the, the one thing that the Cowboys are different, or one way they're different this year than they were last year when they faced them in the playoffs, they're down digs at cornerback. True. True. Good so point. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna attack that, and Parsons is also banged up. Yeah, but he was really good when he came back in the game. That's but fine. Still, but that right. that happened. I mean, it's, I think it's an ankle injury for Parsons. Strange question. Would you rather start Purdy or Prescott? You know how I feel about Dak Prescott. Well, I know how you feel about Purdy too. I'd start. Say, I'd start Purdy if I had. To, if give me give me that choice, yeah, I'm gonna start Purdy against two good defenses. You could do worse. Got better weapons. Yeah, more. Of them Dallas anyways. isn't hurting for weapons. No, they're not hurting for weapons. No. But I think Purdy's weapons are better. I think I'd start. Purdy I think too. I think Kittle is. Purdy's the, been a better fantasy producer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he throws a lot of touchdowns. Um. Let's see here. Miles Sanders with the groin injury limited at practice on Wednesday. It's very Chuba-related. We talked yeah. about it like, yesterday. I mean, um, if he's still out there, you'd, I'd suggest grabbing him. I just cut him this week. Did you? Yeah. Who'd you pick up, though? Um, the kid, uh, Rasheed Rice from hmm. Kansas City. He's gotten 12 targets over the last two weeks. Yeah. I'm just Maybe he emerges out of that. Throwing period. the dice on that one. To see no, if, it makes sense. Know, 12 targets in that offense. It's okay. If it continues to grow, I'll, I'll – mm-hmm. Miles uh, – Chuba Hubbard's never going to start for me. That's a thing. So yeah. even if Miles Sanders out, you wouldn't start Chuba. I would not. Where some might, especially with bye weeks kicking yeah. in and all the injuries. This is some interesting news. Josh Reynolds with a groin limited on Wednesday. Amon Ross St. Brown's dealing with an abdomen injury estimated as a non-participant on Wednesday. Hmm. Do they throw Jamison Williams in there and go, hey, here I it is? I think so. The, the one thing you, people need to realize, and this is very Deshaun Watson-esque from last year, he hasn't been with the team this whole time. True. I mean, so he's not been in wide receiver meetings. He has not been running routes. But he was. But, here's the here's the problem. He mm-hmm. was there in the spring and and throughout the summer and all through camp, right? But then he got hurt in training camp. Right. So he hasn't done stuff with his teammates on the field for a long time. But his style of play could just be run a bunch of go routes. You go, go long. You go long, <laughs> and they play Carolina this year, yeah. this week at home. We know the golf stuff at home. It might be one or two targets, but it might be one or two catches for yeah. yeah for a whole and bunch of yards. And if Reynolds doesn't play, he, he's not a direct replacement for St. Brown. But if Reynolds doesn't play, that's the outside the numbers. Yeah, you know, go deep guy. Yeah. Uh, Zay Jones with the knee injury was limited for the Jaguars on Wednesday. Did he play last week? He did not. He, he hasn't played since week one. Yeah. Interestingly enough, in week one, Christian Kirk got nothing. Mm-hmm. When since Zay Jones has been out, Christian Kirk's got peppered with targets. Yes, because they are the same style. Yeah, and Ridley isn't. Ingram's different. That's important for Kirk. Maybe you aren't starting Zay Jones. And I I never give Zay Jones enough credit. And I always thought, man, that's a bad contract. They, you know, everyone talked about the Kirk contract, but the Zay Jones one I thought was more egregious. But they like him, and he's there's something to be said for some of these Robert Woods type. You know, know where they're going to be professional receivers that the quarterback trusts, and that's him. Yeah. Uh, it's also no coincidence that I think when their offense ran the best was in week one 
Mm, yeah. And they haven't had the full complement of receivers since then. Yeah. I mean, they're looking for reliability in the offense. They have a ton of drops, a lot of like tip balls and goofy stuff. And I think he brings some of that. You know, him yeah. being out, I bet, if we were doing, if we were inside the Jags team like we are the Steelers, I bet we'd be like, they could really use A. Jones back. So, you got a little Jonathan Taylor news here. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Estimated as a full participant in Wednesday's practice. Um, what do you mean estimated? It was, it was well, it was a walkthrough. Oh, they okay. did a walkthrough. Um, Why? Why did they practice like everybody else? I don't know. Pra- I know this isn't I mean, Colts Nation Radio, <laughs> but they play Sunday, right? I guess. I yeah. Okay. I don't know why <laughs> coaches do what they do. Um, <laughs> are you firing him up the first time he's back? They play Tennessee this week. That's not a, a good running back matchup. Is he happy? Well, that's the other, it doesn't like, matter. Is he going to go out there, run uh, five I plays, and, uh, and, uh, oh, uh, my uh, ankle, oh, yeah, oh, right, oh right. my arm. My ear hurts. Right. <laughs> uh, probably not, but he might at some point this year. I mean, i got to see it first. Yeah, I guess it just depends on the makeup of your team. I, I mean, mean, it's also, but it kills your Zach Moss value. Oh, you can't start Moss anymore. No. He, I mean, I wouldn't drop him yet, but I don't think you can start him. Yeah. But you like might if, want to try to trade him to the Taylor owner at this point. Say, hey, here's if Taylor, yeah. you sat on Taylor at this point. If you don't have Moss, well, if Taylor pulls the oh Does my that, arm, right, right, right. at least you have Moss now. Or if he gets traded, because Moss was good. Moss was good. He's a volume guy. What's appealing though is if Taylor gets the Moss workload, whoa, because he's yeah. such a better player. You I, know? I, I don't a, know that he's workload, though. I don't know that he's going to want that. Like Moss is in, in a situation where he's been traded by a team. Oh, give me everything he can. Yeah, yeah he's going to take everything he can because he's trying to get that contract. Taylor in the mean, he's in the meantime, to survive. he's not. Trying, yeah, yeah. Taylor wants the money. Yeah, I don't know if it matters what he wants. He might go out there put put up one big game to say, "Hey, look, this is what I can do." Possibly, and then shut it down the rest of the year. Or then to the Chiefs call, or yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, the Raven. I don't know. What about the Rams? I thought about that too. Like they're staying relevant, or, or you know they're aggressive. Tampa Bay, but they don't have mm-hmm. any cap space. No, any cap space. I don't know. I, I I don't think Miami would be still in the market anymore. No, I don't think so. I mean, I think they're happy. The Chan is. Uh, yeah, good enough. Uh, uh, ringing up now. the yards. That's what the Chan is doing. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. Uh, Dawson Knox with a quad limited in Wednesday's practice report. I don't think they've gone over to uh, London yet. Oh, really? Okay. And their tight end situation kind of cancels each other out a little bit too. I mean, yeah, if, they, if Knox is not in the equation, then I'm interested in Kincaid. Yeah, if both are there, eh, I know they're different, but I'm, I don't know that either one's a top twelve guy. Probably not. Uh, Damian Harris with the neck was limited in Wednesday's Bills practice. Saquon Barkley with the ankle injury officially limited on Wednesday. Um, I thought it was, I thought that we're getting good news there. The good expectations. He's practicing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they you need them. You need them to probably be a full participant. They don't block anybody, though. They don't block anybody. <laughs> I mean, especially in their past. They could game. use him as a, as a as an outlet. They make catcher. It would sure help the ailing to be kind. Oh offense. my god! Man, yeah, they're brutal right now. Um, yeah, he's not exactly going to an ideal a, situation. That is a tough, tough, I mean, tough. Like, like Taylor's returning to a tough. much better situation than Barkley. Tough, 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 tough. Yeah, tough, they don't tough block watch. anybody. Keep an eye on Andrew Thomas, though. Maybe he plays this week. Yeah, that would help. That's He's definitely their best player. Uh, Chase Claypool, according to several teams, just, uh, according to Jeremy Fowler, a uh, friend of the show, mm-hmm. uh, several teams believe he will be released, so nobody's going to trade for wow. him. Wow. I mean, he's not making all that much money. I thought someone might give up a six-round pick for him or something like that. 
Sure makes the uh, Steeler front office look smart. Yeah, Von Miller, uh, the Bills opened his 21-day practice window. Uh, he came out and said, uh, don't bet against him playing this week. Okay, I'm glad you mentioned that because this week's really interesting. Like, we got a taste of it with Kamara, but all those dudes that started the season on the IR – are now eligible. Yeah. You know, like and we coming might in start fresh. to get coming yeah, in hot. It's not always necessarily fantasy relevant, but the Von Millers and Taylors. Well, Von and Miller is, yeah. Yeah. I mean, all those dudes that were hurt are now going to be coming back. So this could be a fun week with a lot of new star power. Teron Armstead with the knee missed Wednesday's practice. I don't think he's practiced Wednesday. I don't think he's going to play. Decade. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wandell Robinson with the knee was limited on Wednesday. I think he's our favorite of the yeah, receivers. But... That, that may be just a situation where, okay, you're coming back from a knee injury. We're just going to let you mm-hmm. take it easy here coming I mean, back. If he can't protect, he kind of fits that. Get it out quick. But How, about, use how about this news? Raheem Mostert not spotted at practice on Wednesday for the Dolphins. Wow. The Chan is all systems go, man. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if it matters with Mostert, but let alone if he's not there, forget that about it. That was like it. a 60-40 split last week. Yeah. A Chan, the problem with a Chan is you're not going to want to give him the ball 20 times. He's never going to be a high volume dude. No. But he is big plays. If it, if, if it goes from 10 touches to 15. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, because his per touch is better than most dudes, to yeah. say the least, especially in that offense. Uh, Jalen Johnson and Eddie Jackson officially ruled out for the Bears. Yeah. On the third for that Thursday night game. Um, I don't know how much that changes things, but how and. Washington could, should move the ball a lot should, against yeah. those guys. I mean, if you're breaking ties, I think I'd break them in commander's favor. Irv Smith Jr. with the hamstring uh, returned to practice on Wednesday for the Bengals. Okay. I mean, they're he's not fantasy-worthy at this he point. He's not. Uh, Jahan Dawson will be inactive for the game against on Thursday night, but Curtis Samuel will play against the Bears. He's not a bad play. That's not, uh, yeah. And the Bears' D is really bad. <laughs> really bad. Really bad. I mean, I guess really it's great bad. for McLaurin. It's, it, I haven't heard any more toe stuff about him. He hasn't lit it up, but yeah. he should get a lot of targets. Uh, it's a bad defense. Traylon Burks with a knee injury, not practicing Wednesday. I don't think he's in the mix right yeah. now. Uh, neither is T. Higgins with that rib issue. I don't think he plays this I don't week. think he plays. He's got broken ribs, right? Yeah. It might just be one rib, but it's still a rib. And if he does, he's going to get hit. I mean, I'm sure they'll protect it extremely well, but what's the chance of finishing the game? Yeah, right. You know? Um, I don't know if you saw this. I'm sure you did. But Robert Sala came out today and said that Brees Hall will no longer be on a snap count. can't believe he still is. I mean, he's so much better than the other two. And you still have to, I mean, coming back from a knee. Yeah, there's a serious knee, yeah. Um, they play Denver this week. The worst defense ever. Their offense showed signs of life. And I think they win the game. I think they're getting like two points in Denver, by the way. Yeah. That's are better in Denver. <laughs> I'm not saying Zach Wilson's like, oh, he's fine because he did okay against the Chiefs. But it's a battle a, of the Wilsons here. I'm a little Wilson! more Wilson. <laughs> I'm a little more comf- comfortable starting Hall and Garrett Wilson than I was a week or two ago. Well, Garrett Wilson's going to get the the. Uh... The certain treatment. Certain treatment. Yeah. I just mean in general. I never yeah. even think about this opponent. I just mean going forward. Yeah, that's the one thing that the the Broncos do have on their defense is certain. Other than receivers. that, they got nothing. It's, and their assignment unsound and yeah. screw up with things left and right. The Rams have opened Cooper Cup's twenty one day window. I think there's a chance he plays. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, that was a Oh no, they're off this week. They're off. Yeah, so that's right. a chance they're off this week. Week so. sixty plays. Yeah. For sure. That adds up. 
the the Broncos. Speaking of them, they're going to release Randy. Uh, they have released Randy Gregory after signing him to like a thirty-five million dollar contract. Well, it's, I, I assume it's the we could be the worst D in the league with you, or we could be the worst D in the league without right, you. Yeah. And he has off the field stuff. Yeah, a little yeah, bit, all sorts. Of, Did you yeah. see the Christian Gonzalez news? Is he out for the year? Out for the year with a torn labrum. And they traded for J.C. Jackson. They traded for J.C. Jackson, to, uh, who's not been a full-time player. Mm-mm. Well, so, first off, some of their Joneses have been hurt. Gonzalez looked tremendous, like maybe defensive rookie of the year type of guy. He's out for the year. And I never understood why he fell as long as he did in the draft. And frankly, when the Steelers traded up, I thought it might be for him. But anyway, he's done. So they trade for J.C. Jackson, who's been one of the worst free agent signings that any of us can remember, I think, for the Chargers. <laughs> I mean, I think they got like six games out of him, and he's been horrible when he's out there. He was a healthy scratch last week. For like $22 million a year. $22 million a year. So I just I'd looked at it after the trade. Only one team next year has more cap space than New England, and only one team, the Saints, of course, have less than the Chargers. So... If he has anything left, you might as well take a chance on him because one team has money and one doesn't. The problem, the problem with New England having a bunch of money, yeah, they're going to spend it on Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. Is it, and, it, does anybody really want to go to New England and play? Like everything you see about New England is that well, Belichick's no fun to play for. Like, but that's fine if you win fourteen games and rings. Right. But yeah, not if you win when Brady's six games, there, yeah, right, right, that's great. But yeah, I don't they don't have Brady anymore. Like, are they going to go sign T. Higgins? I bet not. You know, yeah, it takes two to tango. Yeah. And are they going to over? They going to spend like crazy? They have to basically know. overspend at this point. Their offseason will be really interesting. I mean, if yeah. they have the, the most to spend out of anyone out there, give or take, how will they do it? They might also. You might also see a situation there. And I brought this up before, where Robert Kraft goes to, to Belichick and says, "You know what, Bill? You're a great football coach. You are a bad, bad GM. Yeah. We're going to bring somebody in over top of you." Yeah. Oh, that's to, to make these moves and Belichick. Maybe we won't call it that, but they're going to do it. Belichick's going to say, "No, I'm not doing that." And, yeah, we were talking watched. about that today on our podcast. You know, that the it's a very real possibility. It's almost the analogy I used today was: Bill, the GM, takes the treadmill on the highest, <laughs> <laughs> the highest incline possible for Bill, the head coach, to. You know, walk his laps like yeah. I'm making this as hard as I possibly can on you. Yeah, yeah. It's like Bill the GM is buying the groceries. Yeah, Bill the head coach can't make slop out of <laughs> the groceries are all spoiled. Like he buys them all at the <laughs> at the, the expiration the, date. Yeah, yeah. The day old bakery or whatever. <laughs> Come on, man, and paying full price for it. Yeah, you got all this uh, chop chop liver here, and I'm supposed to make something good out and of it's this. It's all gray and old and bleh. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. But could they like? Go sign Kirk Cousins to a two-year deal for sure. $70 million, you know, and say, let's try to win 10 games. <laughs> I you can know? see something like that. Kirk Cousins is going to get paid again. Oh, that guy's going to make so much money again. <laughs> it doesn't matter what he does this year. I mean, just stay healthy and keep throwing yeah, the just, ball. Just and, be Kirk Cousins. Yeah. You know, he's going to make a fortune <laughs> again. Yeah, he'll have made more than Sam Bradford by the time yeah. he's done. And, I mean, remember, they franchised him three years in a row. It's all guaranteed money. All like, guaranteed money. <laughs> crazy. Happy as could be. <laughs> You like that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> sure do. Yeah. I wonder who his agent is. He's oh, happy, too. Yeah. He or she or whoever their agent is. Yeah. Doing all right. Anyways, that's going to do it for the Fantasy Football Focus. Uh, we're going to take another break. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with more right after this. Showtime! 
The black and gold live here 24-7. This is SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. We're going to hear from the Gateway Clipper. up with the latest sideline apparel hats or jerseys of your favorite players authentic memorabilia custom items and exclusives you can only find directly from the team at one of the official Steelers pro shops located at Acrisure Stadium Grove City premium outlets or Tanger outlets or visit us online at shop.steelers.com man I did a little uh, research you did this week we're starting to get into the point in the season we're four games in yeah that you start to figure out what officials are calling and what they aren't calling. Mm, I never go down this road. I'm glad you did. Okay. I was just sitting around today. I'm yeah. thinking about some stuff. I said, we're four games into this. Who's calling a lot of penalties? Who isn't? Gotcha. Uh, so the officiating crews you don't want to see at your game this season? In terms of a lot of penalties a lot called? Of, yeah. You don't, okay. If you don't want to see a lot of penalty flags flying, and I don't know anybody that does. Of course. Uh, that would be uh, Ron Torbert's crew. They're calling 16.25 penalties per game. That's just over uh, the the crew of Brad Rogers, who's calling 16 per game. That's a lot. That's a lot of penalties. That's a lot of penalties. Especially yeah. when you look at it with the uh, compared to the guys who don't call a lot of penalties. Mm-hmm. The, These are definitely trends. This isn't fluky stuff. No, we're no, fucking right, right. four games into this. It's not one game. You know, yeah. Right. Uh, the least flag happy crew has been those of Clay Martin and Cleet Blakeman. Okay. Ten penalties per game. So you see the That's difference about, there. Yeah. Five per side is, isn't crazy. Well, it's it's a difference of six penalties. Yeah. Like, but five, I have a little yeah. penalty ten, nugget ten, here, too. So. Yeah, ten penalties per game, I can live with that. Yeah, between two teams, sure. That's yeah. actually pretty low. Yeah. As you mentioned, it is low. Um, Carl Cheffer's crew is working the Steelers-Ravens uh, game this week. They've only called 11.67 penalties. So they're on the lower end. They're on the definitely on the, on the low end of this. Uh, and if you look at this, of the penalties that they've called... By far the most penalties. They've called 35 total penalties. They've done three games. The Sheffers crew yeah. that, that we're getting. 15 false starts. Huh. You have to call that. Right, right, right. Like, yeah, there's no... Yeah, there's no... That's not that's a judgment call. interference call yeah. or hold or whatever. Yeah. It's like, you jumped, I'm going to throw the flag. Okay. The second most penalties that they've called is is offensive holding. They've called it four times. That's not much. Once, once that's, a game? That's less than... The average this this thus far this season for holding penalties has been... It's like 2.37 or something like that. It's oh, not. Really? Okay. It's not as low as, like, the. it was 1.77 in 20, 2020. That's when, when it was legal. When, yeah, holding yeah, was, was legal that yeah. year. Um, so... The average then is they're they're less than fifty percent less than the average. So they, you said they've only called four holding penalties. Yeah, so that's one a game. When they've done three games. Oh, they've, they've done three. Yeah. Oh, but okay. it's still give or take. Yeah, yeah, it's still very low. Um, that's the second most penalty. That's the second biggest penalty that they've called. Hmm. Fifteen false starts, four holding penalties. And it's a good point about the false starts too, because it's like you jumped. You, you I have, have to. to call it. Yeah, yeah, you have to call it. So to me. If 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 that's what they're going to call, and they're going they're watching for false starts very closely. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if they're averaging five false start penalties that they've called per game, five. Well, at least they're not letting the Chiefs get away with it and well, some of that, that stuff yeah. too. Good. I mean, that, that's frustrating to me as those tackles moving early and getting away with it. That's a road team penalty. At least it should be. Well, and it certainly is. If you have T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith, you want every false start being called. Absolutely, too. not getting yeah. out of your stance. You're not getting a quick start on me here. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's that the crowd could affect the game this weekend. Could. So here's my penalty nugget. Just Go so ahead. it happened. 
The Steelers are being penalized 4.8 times per game. Only the Jags and Jets are less, so they're you know, doing their share there. Baltimore is being penalized seven times per game. Only six teams are being penalized more often. And the Steelers' opponents are being penalized 8.5 times per game. Only Washington's opponents are higher. But wait a second, Matt. I thought I thought Mike Tomlin's teams are always undisciplined because anytime, <laughs> right. anytime yeah, the Steelers right. have a game where they have like eight or nine penalties, well, it's just same old Tomlin team. They're undisciplined. Yeah, I keep hearing, boy, the special teams penalties are getting out of control. <laughs> I mean, only two teams are getting penalized less often than the Steelers. It's just not a real list. I mean, right? You only if you only watch your team, and I get it. And if that, you're a fan, that's I get that's it. cool, right? Yeah. You don't have to watch the whole league and study the whole league. That's what we're here for, you know, yeah. right? But yeah, that's not a, a, a big. I mean, they've typically in, in, during the Tomlin era, even in the Cowher, they were they've not been a highly penalized team. Mm-hmm. You know, so the average Steeler game, the opponent is eight and a half penalties, and the Steelers are four point eight. Yeah, so and basically twelve or thirteen penalties per game. We got a uh, mostly a crew, on the opponent. A crew coming in this week that doesn't call a lot of penalties. Yeah. And Baltimore seven per game. I to be honest high. with you, I mean, unless something is completely egregious, yeah, keep the keep the flag in the pocket. Yeah, I also don't like pass rushers being dragged down. I don't want to see that. That's certainly that's, a well, that would be thing. egregious. Yeah, if yeah. somebody's getting yanked to the ground, that's egregious. But like fighting for balls in the air, or oh, you're one point five yards downfield. That let it slide. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that's one. So I went back and actually looked at everything. I did a four-year look at everything. Mm-hmm. And four years ago, illegal man, man downfield was never called. I'm sure. It was like .17 times per game. So like Then they made a point of yeah, emphasis. One, of, one out of every five games you saw somebody get called for being illegally downfield. And were all the fans being like, look at that guard. He was two <laughs> yards downfield. What are we doing around here? Nobody cares. Yeah. Uh, you know, now it's like four times that many you know, yeah, hopefully I think it's decreasing. I haven't seen as much of it this year it's as the last It's basically two being years. called the same rate that it was last year. Okay. But if you remember last year, they when they started the season, they were calling it like all the crazy. Time. All the time. And then all of a sudden, it just kind of went away. Mm-hmm. No, it should. Uh, that, that's, that's one of the league slash officials not understanding how the game's being played. You know, like, if I'm going to run a lot of RPOs... I'm asking enough from offensive linemen I mean, to say I, that I can't. If the offensive lineman is ten yards downfield when the when you know when the course, pass is thrown, like, okay, you can't do that. But two yards versus one yard or whatever, one step difference, I don't care. Yeah, you know, I right. mean, if that's what you want to do, tether them to the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they can't see it though. Yeah. And these things are happening behind their heads, like they don't know that answer. They, they don't even know what the play call is. They don't know if they're running or passing half the time. Yeah. Anyways, I, so well, uh, coaches have adjusted. It seems like it's too. getting better though. Yeah, I, it's I think it's more I think, watchable. It be, you know, once it becomes a point of emphasis like that, the, the coaches starts going, "Okay, hey guys, we're gonna count one one thousand, two one thousand, mm-hmm. you know, and then they're get called every time. Yeah, they're gonna get called for it. Yeah. So, but uh, you said holdings, holdings kind of holding steady from what it typically is. It? is. It's, okay. it's not that big of a. The COVID yeah. year it was really really low. The, the COVID year was definitely the outlier. Mm-hmm. There was basically a half a holding penalty per game less yeah. than there had been in previous years, and that was the highest scoring year in league history. And that was like. A twenty-year low for holding penalties. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, it really was legal that year. There was no yeah, one in the stands, right. and I mean, you, you and could drag sacks were way out. down. That's yeah. when the, you know T.J. Right. Watt led the league with fourteen sacks. Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize it was that low. Yeah. 
And that's one of my big reasons. I mean, when everyone asks why is scoring down, D linemen are way better than O linemen. If you yeah. let them hold, well, then that'll come back up. Yeah. You know, I don't want to see that, though. I don't want to see that to that point, but scoring is more fun. Yeah. But it's it's always worth noting, especially once you get enough data, mm-hmm. um, you know who the who the officiating crews are that are over officious jerks, yeah. and who the, the crews are that let them play, let the players decide the game. Side note, just kind of dawned on me. This is a last year thing for the Steelers, 2022 Steelers. Deontay and Pickens as a pair had the the most defensive pass interference calls. That don't show up in the, you know, everyone's yeah. like, well, they're not explosive enough. Well, if you get a 40 yard defensive DPI down the sidelines, you still move the ball 40 yards. Yeah. It just doesn't show up in the quest for 400 yards or the explosive list or any of that kind of stuff. I think Pickens you know? is, is always going to be that guy. I think he's going to always be that guy. He yeah. just doesn't get there. There's not a ton of separation there mm-hmm. with him. And he's going to get people dragging him down and fighting yeah. him. And yeah, yeah. I mean, he drew one on Sunday. Yeah. I think he'll always be near the top of the league. Yeah. Because yeah. he's kind of like DeAndre Hopkins like. Mm-hmm. Where you, you're not going to get is that a dot's going to be deeper. Is a dot's deeper? Yeah, and and he's always fight hand fighting and you know mm-hmm. contested and, catch guy. Yeah, I do think he's a better separator this year with a wider route tree than he was as a rookie. Oh, have to be. No, yeah. no question. If everybody knows, I'm just gonna I'm just bailing because he's running a, a go route every mm-hmm. time. That okay. Now you're seeing deep in cutting stuff and posts and stuff like that, and more after the catch too. Yeah, not but he's getting a ton of t- of attention right now uh, with Deontay Johnson. Oh, yeah. I, I, I truly believe there's nothing wrong with this offense right now that having a healthy Deontay Johnson wouldn't help, sure solve, help. wouldn't help solve a lot of the issues. Uh, frankly, I'm pretty down on Allen Robinson. I mean, and, but I think I'm excited about Deontay Pickens Austin as a as a trio. Robinson to me still has like if Deontay Johnson's out there mm-hmm. now uh, now Allen Robinson has value. To he me. has more value, more right. value, right? Um, he can't be your two. I mean, he really no, he really four. can't. He can't right. be the two. Right, right. That's the that's the problem that they're having right now. Mm-hmm. And without Fryermuth this week, well, now I'm really them. concerned. That's why I kind of mentioned Hayward earlier. Or is, yeah, is Wash- Washington has one target this year. He's run. Four- he, he came last week. So. Yeah, he's run 40 routes. He has one target. I mean, I bet that obviously he's going to increase. But yeah. let's see what he does with it. Yeah, I mean, I thought he would be a bigger red zone target, but they haven't gotten in the red zone. Red zone, I <laughs> so, know. right? <laughs> They've either skipped past the red zone or they haven't gotten there. Although they did get there twice on Sunday, mm-hmm. I had that was one of my guarantees. They came up one short. Mm-hmm. If they convert that, say, I remember you said they convert the, uh, the 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 fourth down play, they probably get another red zone trip out of it. And I hit my uh, mm-hmm. I hit my guarantee on that one. So I sent a tweet out last night. That they're the only team in the league that doesn't have a carry within the five the first the within five yards of the line, of the goal line because they've hardly been. I almost didn't yeah. send it out. Like I thought, you know, like everyone's like, "Well, it's Matt Canada's fault." You know, <laughs> Everything's <laughs> Matt Canada. Oh, global warming, Matt Canada. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's his fault. He is throwing it all. I'm like, well, they really haven't been there. Very I had much. somebody that, tweeted me that today. That means a lot of different things. Matt Canada's a scumbag. Oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> Do we have to get personal with this? If you don't like the guy as a coach, that's fine. But it, 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 come on. Dude, He's a person, too. My kids went to school with Todd Haley's kids, and they couldn't go to school once in a while. Like, come yeah. On, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? They were eight. Get a grip. Yeah. <laughs> get a grip. Um, it is what it is, and, you know, it, it's not all on the offensive coordinator. Uh, despite what you might believe, but um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. 
We're going to get to a break. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to this drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. When we come back, we'll hear from Kenny Pickett, the Steelers uh, nice. quarterback, and uh, how his practice went today, all that good stuff. We'll be back with more right after this. Come. This is The Drive with Dale Lolly and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to The Drive. I am Dale Lolly. He is the Matt Williamson. And uh, Matt, earlier today, uh, Kenny Pickett uh, spoke to the media, uh, talked about his uh, injury status and didn't shed a ton of light on that as you would expect, mm-hmm. uh, but but certainly uh, you know gave uh, some updates there and uh, talked about what he and the team need to do better. Yeah, and they need to do a lot better. He needs to do a lot better, and I think they all realize that. Oh, one hundred percent. It's not yeah. a mystery, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. So uh, let's hear what Kenny Pickett had to say. Kenny, how are you feeling? Good, good. Be ready to go by Sunday. Were you worried at all that it was going to be worse than what it was? Uh, a little bit from what the doctors were saying uh, they were worried about, but got got lucky that it, it was what it was and uh, pushing to go Sunday. Do you have any limitations at all? Um, no, I think by Sunday I'll be good. The knee brace that you have on, is that just for practice, or are you wearing that around all the time? Uh, just for practice. Do you think you're going to have to wear it in the game? Could you wear it in the game? It depends how the week goes and how I feel Sunday and if I need it or not. How did things feel today out there? I mean, you said you were trying to go Sunday, but just how the knee feel? How has it felt in the you know 48 hours or so since the game? Yeah, it feels good. Um, I'm confident with the plan that we have. By Sunday, I'll feel you know a lot better and, and be good to go. How did that impact your preparation? You know, as far as like how you review yourself after a game and get ready for the next week. Um, in terms of uh, like, did it did it slow down anything? Like the recovery work that you had to do. To, from studying what you've done and what you have to do this week? I think it just adds on, you know, like you, you just you add on the, the rehab stuff that you have to do after, and, and that's pretty much it. Did you take the same amount of snaps you normally would on a Wednesday, or did Mitch take a little uh... Um I took what I needed to take in terms of, you know, what they were telling me, the, the doctors and the trainers we have here. And, uh, you know, as we as we go through the week, it'll probably go based off of what they say. Kenny, Mike mentioned the physicality was missing or lacking at times in the game against Houston. What did you notice from some of the things from the film, especially on the offensive side? I always just look at execution-based, you know, and, and, and all 11 guys on offense need to do our jobs in order in order for us to be successful. So that's something that we got to continue to push for. He talked with us about, as he put it, fluidity of decision-making. We'll see more of that from you. You guys talked about that? What do you think about that? Yeah, just continue to, to push and get the ball out and – Guys run their routes. I got to put the ball on them accurately and, and, and move the offense that way. When you look at when you review the tape, you see the fourth and one play, obviously where you got hurt. What would you have done differently after after watching it and reviewing it? Um, you know, get back to Calvin possibly faster is from from watching it. Um, you know, we wanted to take a look at you know the front side and get to the back side. Um, I tried to extend with my legs and make a play. Uh, just didn't work out. Kenny, do you feel like you need to change up anything, maybe not personally, but just offensively for you guys to get back to being able to execute? Um, I wouldn't say change up. It, it needs to be, you know, a full focus from everybody. Um, you know, it seems like that one or two plays here and there, we set ourselves behind the chains, whether it's a penalty or some kind of negative play. When we get moving, we set ourselves back, and we got to continue to uh, eliminate those. Along those same lines, Jay, what are the conversations like among you guys offensively with some of the frustrations you've been dealing with? 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's, you're frustrated. It hasn't been good. We know it's nowhere near what it needs to be. Um, but there can't be a panic. There has to be, you know, a continuing guys showing up, putting the work in, and going out there and playing hard on Sundays. So um, I can't give you a real elaborate answer on that. It's just, you know, something we have to do together. Do you worry about that affecting guys' confidence? I don't. I mean, guys are professionals, man. It's the NFL. If you can't do that, you don't deserve to be in this room. So guys know what they have to do. they got to show up and, and, and put the time in. How's your confidence through all this? Good. I mean, listen, man, it is what it is. There's going to be ups and downs. It's not It's not perfect. It's nowhere near as we want it to be, but um, there's a ton of ball left. We have a great opportunity this weekend, so that's where the focus is. Is it a matter you, you know that you've done it before? You guys have been successful in offense? Yeah, listen, we know, we know that, but that doesn't mean you're going to go out there and do it, right? I mean, you have to that, – that's that's the – got to make it simple, man. we got to go out there and play football, and, and that's it. Um, I can't get, get up here and give you guys a secret answer to, to what the problems are and what they may be. we got to go out there and play, bottom line. When you look at the way that Najee came out running in the second half, just what does that do for this offense to get things moving, both, you know, emotional momentum, but just also within the flow of the game? Yeah, I mean, listen, 22 is our guy. He runs hard, and when he gets going like that, you know, you I think you saw the, the, the momentum of the offense pick up, and we started doing what we know we could do. We just didn't finish in the red zone, um, whether that be the negative plays or not executing where we need to execute. So um, getting him going, obviously, is always something that we want to do early on. Part of that also committing to the run game? I mean, getting going is one thing. But it's both. It's 100%. Back. Like, if, if it's not working, then you can't just beat your head in the wall. You know, we got to continue to have those productive runs where we get the, the play actions off of it and do and, and be the balanced team that we know we want to be. Um, but it definitely works both ways. Mike T mentioned Dan's going to be out on Sunday. What's the confidence level in Broderick, and how has he grown since training camp? Yeah, a ton of, ton of confidence in Brody. You know, I love the way he prepares, love the way he works. Super talented guy, um, young guy, and I'm not expecting him to be perfect. He shouldn't expect to be perfect either. So, you know, I can alleviate that stress for him by telling him that right now and having him just go out there, play hard, and uh, take it one play at a time. What's it about his preparation and his work that you like? Just how he shows up every day. He's the same guy. You know, he's, I see the same guy. I don't see a guy that comes out there one day with a, with a high motor and the next day a low motor, and that's a good sign for, for a young kid in there. Um, you know, he shows up ready to work, and he's got a ton of talent. So, you know, he, it's there. He's just got to put it together, and, and we're going to help him do that. Can you be able to identify a common denominator on things that you and the offense have to work on together to be better? Combining together, I would, like I said, it's one guy here or there. You know, it's it's that's what's getting us in those those plays where it's a penalty or a negative play that gets us behind the chains where we can move the ball successfully, and that kind of hurts our drive. So to me, it's the it's the popcorn of the one guy here or there that we need to get rid of. When you look in the mirror, what do you need to Personally, just you know, consistency. That's that's what I'm pushing to be consistently good, and you're a great player. So I want to be consistently good, continue to be the guy that these guys can rely on, and you know, it, it works as a team game, as the ultimate team game. We need the line, the receivers, the backs, and myself to all push the offense where we need to be. But I want to push for you know, very you know, high level consistency. A year ago this week, you made your first NFL start. How much growth have you seen in yourself? How much progress have you made? Yeah, I mean, we can get in the growth and the progress stuff. Right now, we're two and two. We're trying to get our third win here. That's that's what I'm focused on. Do they look uh, similar, the same as they as they did last year when you studied them? Um, I would say, you know, some differences, but listen, they're a great defense. They're, they're a really good defense. It's always going to be a battle in the AFC North, so that's what we got to get ready for on Sunday. Hey, can you put your finger on anything that's happening with those early sort of drives? It seems like you, have not, you haven't scored on your first or second drive all season. Those, in theory, should be the plays that you feel best about. Can you kind of put anything on why those specifically aren't working very well for you? I mean, I think those specifically are like the other ones I've been saying. You know, I think it, it means, you know, they kind of go hand in hand. Kenny, I think uh, Matt might have told the CBS guys the other day that the offense is not designed to play from behind. Uh, is that, you know, you're the guy that runs the offense. Is that sort of like, how do you react to something like that? 
Hey, we got to be designed to put points up and win games. That's that's kind of what I care about. I don't care if we're behind or we're ahead or whatever the situation may be. Um, it's our job to put you know more points on the board than the other team does. So that that's what our our goal and desire needs to be. You feel like, like you guys, you're down a few touchdowns, but you guys can make that up, right? Of course, yeah. I think any game we're in, we have a chance to win no matter what. That was Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett uh, with the media earlier today. And, uh, well, I mean, it sounds like he he's, wants to go. Uh, Seems enthusiastic about it and optimistic, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, wants to get back out there, get back on the horse and, uh, well, try to right this ship a little bit. and Make sure he practices in full Thursday before we get too excited, I Friday for sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good point. Friday for sure, but... Uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be probably more of a pain tolerance thing than anything else, but uh, we'll see where he's at here in the next couple of days. And and he could certainly get a, a helmet on that in the first quarter and change everything immediately, that would change too. Everything, but that's, yeah, 100%. that's what this game is. That's why you uh, get Mitch Trubisky ready for this one mm-hmm. as well. Uh, that's going to do it for our show today. So uh, for my partner, Matt Williamson, for Brian LaMartina here on site, keeping us on the air, I'm Dale Lally. We thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. Could betting red or black win you tickets to the black and gold? You bet. With the Bet Parks Ultimate Steelers fan.